This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Michael Mandel. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called CompStack. The company creates transparency in commercial real estate by gathering information that is hard to find, difficult to compile, or otherwise unavailable. The world's largest brokerage firms and most preeminent real estate investors use CompStack's commercial real estate data to compare properties and make investment decisions. Michael, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Sure. All right. Tell us about Comstack. Give us more detail on what it does and how do you make money? What's your revenue model? Absolutely. So we're a real estate data company and our secret sauce really is that we crowdsource commercial real estate data. Um, In particular, records of commercial lease and sales transaction data that has taken uh, and deals that have taken place effectively. So we've got commercial real estate brokers, appraisers and research people within real estate brokerage firms who actually trade data on Comstack. They, um, we have a, a gamified system. It's a credit system. So they earn credits for sharing data on our platform. They can use those credits to get other data back out. And then we end up with a comprehensive database, effectively, of all the deals that have taken place in a given real estate market. We're live in uh, over 70 markets across the U.S. and U.K., um, over uh, 900 submarkets and over 8,000 cities. Um, so they're trading data in all these markets. And then from that database of, of deals that, taken, that have taken place, we are then able to sell uh, subscription access to that data to commercial real estate investors and lenders. So our customers are some of the world's largest um, banks, private equity funds, hedge funds, institutional owners. So people like Wells Fargo and JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley. Um, we've got you know institutional owners like Blackstone, Brookfield, Bornado, Tishman Spire, uh, what have you. So they pay for access to our data and they use it to underwrite real estate investments and to lend on commercial real estate. And so, Michael, it sounds like you're very much playing in the enterprise space. Uh, before we move forward into more of your story, what's like the average customer, would you say, paying you per year? Uh, around $50,000. Okay, around 50000 And do you, is that on like for one seat and people buy multi-seat deals or that's the average total size? That's the average total size. Um, our contracts range from, you know, on the very low end for a really small market, you know, for one user, like $12,000 a year up to... Um, high six figures, um, you know, close to seven figures for, for some of our bigger deals. And the, um, they're paying based off of the number of seats, you know, number of users they want on the platform, uh, the number of markets they want to have access to, and specifically which markets they want to have access to. Each market is a different price. When did you launch the company? Uh, we launched in January, 2012 in New York city, 2012. And where were you at that point? Like in life, if you don't mind me asking, like, did you, did you have any (laughs) responsibilities, married, single debt, no debt? Where were you? Sure. I was married. Um, I didn't have any kids yet. I was still working as a, um, as a commercial real estate broker. So actually 
I started the company while working as a commercial real estate broker in New York City and did it uh, basically from my desk, you know, after hours. Which firm? Um, until I was with Grubb and Ellis. How'd you, uh, how'd you prevent, I was going to say, how'd you prevent them from trying to claw back that IP and saying, no, we did it on our watch. It's our, it's our stuff. Well, I specifically asked my bosses at the time, you know, the heavy office, um, you know, and told them what I wanted to do and, and that I was wanted to work on this and was that cool. And they, and I, you know, they, they, he said it was fine. And then that boss left and I had to talk to the new boss because the company was going back. The company was ultimately going bankrupt at the time that I was starting it up, starting up Comstack. So that, uh, as people were walking out the door, I guess I, I had more and more time to work on it. And do you remember what first year revenue was in 2012? How, how small was it? It was pretty small. We closed, although, you know, we, I think we probably closed out 2012 at, uh, $60,000 in rev- annual revenue. Um, we, but we actually, that was from basically two customers. Right. Um, we, at the very end of 2012, we closed, you know, Vernado and Tishman Spire, who are two of the largest landlords in the country or in the world. We managed to close them as our first two customers. So it was interesting. I mean, we weren't actively trying to generate revenue at that point, but we had gotten introductions and we ended up building our enterprise product to sell um, because we had interest and, and we're able to get those deals done. And uh, it was an interesting experience because it was probably too early to start selling because were you, the data company. Were you writing the code by the way, or had you hired a developer? No. So I've got a co-founder um, who's our CTO. Okay. Um, his name is Vadim and he, and he had been building trading systems and banking systems for banks. Where'd you find him? Um, that's a good question actually. So when I was starting the company, I needed, I knew I needed a co-founder and I, cause I had actually worked on starting something else in the past where I hired some outsourced guy and it was a mess. And so I realized I was not going to start a tech company without a technical co-founder. So I, um, I actually was going to tech startup events in New York, basically every night of the week, um, trying to meet somebody and pitching people, everybody I could meet on the idea every night and trying to generate interest until eventually actually I had several people who were developers who had some interest in it. And then I was talking to people and just got to know people and effectively had like a dating period with my co-founder, uh, where we got to know each other and make sure we felt comfortable working together. Did you just split it right down the middle 50, 50, or if not, how'd you have that tough conversation? We did split it down the middle. Wow. Um, Michael, you're a fair guy. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) You know, I, I, I think I didn't intend for that to be the case. Um, but what, but ultimately, you know, actually my co-founder worked on Comstack for, um, nearly a year, basically full time while I was still working as a broker. Was he making any money? Like, did you get, let him have that 60 grand that you guys had for revenue or no? Well, no, that was the 60 grand we had in revenue. That was after we actually had some funding. So we launched January, 2012, but we, we started working on this in the spring of 2011. Okay. And, you know, um, and at that time, no, he had been doing consulting work and he basically stopped his consulting projects and just only worked on Comstack. And you so mentioned he wasn't you, making any, I wasn't making any money. Nobody was. You mentioned you raised. How much have you raised to date? Uh, around 20 million. Okay. And all of that has been traditional kind of equity funding or have you done any debt stuff or gotten creative there? There's some, yeah, we did about 3 million in venture debt. 
And why make the decision to do so, some in venture we've now, debt? We've now, paid, we've now paid off about half of that. Um, well, venture debt, if you get it from a bank, is pretty cheap money. You know, the um, it's a pretty good deal. The interest rate is, is low, and the um, you know they they, they take a, a little bit of in warrants, but not very much. So it's a pretty good deal. You're not getting dilution, and and you're getting um, you know money that's not actually guaranteed um, by anything, and Ultimately, um, did you have you to personally guarantee good, that? No, there's no guarantees at all. I mean, the only the only thing it's backed by effectively is like uh, the, the property of the company of which we all we own our computers, really. Yep. You know, so um, it's a it's a good deal if you can get it, um, and it's in, it was interest only for a while too, which is good. So you know, you've got time to. What's the interest rate? Like, are we talking like ten percent or seven percent or fifteen percent? Or higher, I we're tight at prime. I think we're probably at about four and a half percent right That's now. That's amazing. Okay, that is cheap money. Interesting. And then, where are you at today now in terms of total customers? Five years after launch, um, we're a little shy of a hundred customers now. Um, you know, and we're growing at a pretty good clip. Um, they're mostly very, very large institutional type customers. So it's not a massive number of customers, but you know, if you look at the world's the, the bulge bracket banks, we've got the bulk of the bulge, bulge bracket banks. We've got, you know, the, a good percentage of the world's largest institutional owners and lenders. Yeah. No, I mean, if you have a hundred customers and you told me earlier, your average customer is paying 50 grand a year. I mean, you're sitting on basically a, almost a $5 million business or about 416 grand a month in revenue. Is that, are those generally accurate? Well, we don't, we don't disclose, you know, well, just to be clear, uh, Michael, those are just your, I'm just multiplying your yeah. numbers, right? So are your numbers yeah, wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, the numbers aren't wrong. Okay. Um, there, there's some nuance because we have some data partnership deals as well that we do, which are kind of bigger deals uh, where we do integrations with um, with different um, you know other technology companies and data companies. Um, where we and we also have revenue share deals with some companies as well. So there's some other some other things that that impact our revenue numbers. Yeah, well, well. My, Michael, it sounds like you're on the good side of the numbers being wrong, though. You're doing more than what you articulated. You have additional <laughs> revenue streams. Is that accurate? Yeah, it, I, 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 like I said, I'm not going to get into specifics, but we're doing well. It's more, not less, right? It can't be less because you have additional streams. So that's good <laughs> stuff. What you yes. said earlier, you're doing, you're, you're growing at a healthy clip. Can you quantify that at all for me? Like, what are you growing year over year at? Would you say? We roughly doubled our revenues over the last year. Okay, that's healthy. And how are you? You know, how are you finding these new customers? We have um, we have a sales team, and we've got you know SDRs and account executives that uh, focus on getting to um, to new customers. That's basically it. You know, we do a lot of conferences, we do a lot of emailing, we do a lot of phone calls, and uh, get introductions from existing customers and things like that. And it's a lot of face to face and a lot of you know high touch. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal. 
and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com, click the red button that says install this on Gmail, and when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report, and you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use, www.thetopinbox.com. How many people are on the team total right now? About 50 total. And, and what percentage of those or how many of them are sales, marketing, outbound, et cetera? Good question. So we have two different type sales BD teams. So we've got one business development team that's focused on um, interfacing with the real estate brokerage community and appraiser community, uh, effectively getting them to share data on our platform and to become members and to you know contribute to the community. So we've got... Uh, about eight people on that team. And then we have another eight people on our enterprise sales team um, between enterprise sales and client success. Um, and then we have two in marketing. So Michael, on that team size of 50 people and obviously the breakdown, are they all based in New York or do you have a remote team? Uh, we've got almost everybody in New York. We have one in Portugal and we have two in LA. Okay, very good. And is that just, are those sales folks? Uh, the two in LA are on the, what we call our exchange teams. So business development interfacing with the real estate brokerage community and appraiser community. The one in Portugal is, um, a developer of ours who was working for us in New York, who moved back to Portugal. So and you don't want to lose them in Portugal. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's good stuff. What are you going, going back to growth here for a second? What are you uh, right now spending to acquire new customers? Um, good question. I mean, it's certainly, um, it's the expenses really are tied to a lot of travel, you know, a lot of T and E for events and going to different cities to, to meet with prospective customers and sponsoring events and speaking at conferences and thinking, things like that. Um, and then on the, that's on our enterprise side of our business on the exchange side where we you know bring on brokers and appraisers and research people, you know, we, we spend Money on email marketing, um, some SEM, but it's more SEO driven. And, you know, we also. Can you quantify that, Michael? It's like last month, how much total did you spend just on like direct paid stuff? Um, you know, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you for last month. It varies quite a bit month by month based off of a lot of it is driven by how many events we've gone to and how much travel we've done. That's like a huge percentage yeah. of it. Ignore, it's, ignore that yeah. stuff. I'm talking just paid Google ads, Facebook ads, direct paid channels. Are we talking like a grand or a hundred grand or more? Oh, it's more along, more along the lines of a grand or less. It's, okay. We spend very little on that. Okay. Yeah. And so again, you have a healthy first year annual contract value of around 50 grand. So back into CAC for me, fully weighted, are you willing to spend all that money to acquire the customer? So you have a 12 back payback or what are you optimizing for? No, it's much less than that. I mean, our customer acquisition cost is probably more around, you know, fifteen to $20,000. Okay. The natural and follow-up question there is uh, what's holding you back from being more aggressive there? That's a really healthy payback period timeframe. Um, that's a good question. You know, I think there's just only, there's only so much that's reasonable to spend to, to acquire these customers. I think, um, most of it is just kind of traditional sales efforts and, um, I don't know that I could spend twice as much and get twice as much out yep. is, is really the, the best answer to that. Yep. That's the magic sauce. How do you find the new, the new wells of money, <laughs> right? The new pots of customers. Yeah. And okay. And last question here on economics, before we wrap up uh, with the famous five, um, 
churn is obviously critical in a SaaS business. What's your churn and what do you assume a customer is worth to you over their lifetime? We have, you know, negative 6% or 8% net, net ARR churn. So um, we expand our customers at a much higher rate than our customers churn. Um, so that's, been, uh, you know, a number we're very proud of. Um, it's, it's been, you know, we, the actual true churn without expansions is low single digits. Monthly or annually? Annually. Annually. Okay, good. So we'll call it gross gross revenue churn is call it, you know, maybe 5% low single digits annually, but net uh, is about negative 6%. Is that accurate? Yeah. Very cool. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book. Um, good question. I, um, I, I read a lot of business books, but the latest one I've been reading is about, um, uh, uh, Kahneman and Torsky about behavioral economics, which has been a really good one. What's it called? Um, so it's jeez, uh, it's the new one by the guy who wrote Moneyball. Uh, I'll look it up. Moneyball yeah. author, new book. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's about Danny Kahneman and and uh, and, uh, and and Torsky. It's like they're the pioneers of behavioral economics. It's pretty interesting. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, no, can't say there is right now. Number three, what's your favorite online tool? I don't know. Maybe Slack, but I don't know that that's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. No, number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Uh, probably about seven. Okay. And what's your situation? Are you still married? I'm still married. I have two kids. Two kids. And how um, old are you? It's, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not uninterrupted sleep. Yeah. How old um, are you, Michael? I'm, I'm, I'm 35. All right. Take us home here. Take us back 15 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Wow. Uh, what do I think my 20 year old self knew? Uh, I wish I, my 20 year old self, I guess, um, I guess I wish my 20 year old self maybe a little more patient about certain things. Um, and was willing to sort of hedge bets a little bit more. I think in the 20 years old, I just, you know, had, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but my, I was, you know, I was one way, hundred percent of the way. And I maybe didn't think about all the different permutations along the way that could get me where I want to be. I maybe wasn't as strategic. I was more end goal focused, but not strategic in my, in my plan. And I probably would be a little more strategic about how I get where I'm going. There you guys have it from Michael. Be more patient. He would have done and executed his strategy with a little more uh, strategy and insights. Uh, and again, just letting time go by, be a little patient with some of the stuff he was working on. He founded Comstack back in 2012 as his, as his company he was working for was slowly dying. He was building up this beast. He's since raised $20 million. They've passed 100 customers paying around 50 grand per year with along with a few other revenue streams are doing healthy revenue numbers, gross uh, revenue churn annually in the low single digits net there in the negative. 6% range, spending about 15,000 bucks to acquire a first year value customer of about 50 grand up there in New York with his team of 50, helping folks get better commercial real estate data. Michael, thank you for taking us to the top. Absolutely. Thank you.